0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Untrapped Entrepreneur Podcast. We have a special gentleman back from season one. You should feel special, Marshall. We only have (laughs) two guys coming back from season one. You're one of two.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I feel special. That's great. Let's do it.
0: Uh, I would hope to say you're like one of a kind, but you're two of a kind. It's, it's, it's <laughs> That's okay. I'm better. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So we got Marshall back. Um, Marshall runs a, a variety of different companies Home Life Media, um, iHeartDogs.com, iHeart Animals, iHeart Cats. Marshall Hearts, everything animal related. So look him up. Mm-hmm. Go back to season one if you want to get more uh, on Marshall and, uh, and what he's done in business. But today and in season two, Marshall, you know it's about being married and running a business at the same time, which is not easy. We both know that. It's not easy. Yeah, so, that's, yeah There's a lot there. So there's a lot, so man. There's, we, only, we only have uh, 30, 40 minutes here. We're going to try to unpack as much as we can. But the, the whole concept for the podcast in, in general is trying to work through traps, identifying the traps, uh, navigating them, hopefully helping uh, guys avoid them, maybe if they haven't been there already. And, um, last time I gave you a little, uh, AI intro, I'm not going to do that this time, but I love AI so much and you love AI. Um, I went to AI and AI is going actually going to feed a couple of questions to me during the show okay. based on, uh, some, some, uh, feedback that you gave us. So just be, be ready and see, I'll we'll see if you can tell the difference between Ben questions and robot questions. All right. No, it's spec- getting, it's hard,
1: man. It's getting hard. I don't know. That's. To we're, in, we're living job. in the future, yeah.
0: Are, okay, yeah, so so tee up for us just uh, where you met your wife, how long you've been married, and just um, how she's involved in your entrepreneurial journey. Like, how, how let's say how she's been involved. Um, how she was involved at the beginning. We'll get into like how that's transpired, but get, go back in the beginning of time with you and Jess and uh, tee that up for us. So we have a little bit of context.
1: Yeah. So um, <clears throat> Jess and I have met working at a at a real estate business in a real estate business so mortgage company and um she we worked together and we were like really great uh we were a high performing team and so um as workplace romances unfold like they kind of normally do we said okay like let's let's do something else so our first business was us dating launching a business so we launched it you know, we launched another mortgage company on our own as our first before we even married. Just like let's let's go after it, and then um, that was a, quite a journey because three months later the whole market crashed, and so we were in the other side of a business which is triage, <laughs> business triage for for a while, and we got married during that period and all that. So like we've we've only like from the beginning we've been working on business stuff. That's like what we do. So um, it's in our DNA, which is some couples I think there's a, um, a natural, like there's a natural inclination to connect around this stuff. And so Justin, mm-hmm. I have that, um, she provides a lot of insight, um, and in unbiased stuff. She'll tell me what I need to hear when I need to hear it. And I think your wife does the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's this match, but I, all relationships aren't built like that. I do think as an entrepreneur period, you have to have a partner who is in the game with you or else, um, it can determine Really distract or pull you away from it, and you find yourself in a position where you're split. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's extremely hard. So, so it work she, built
0: something. Well, let me ask you this real quick. So, I'm always uh, um, when I go back in my uh, my journey too with Lauren. Like, I feel like I roped her into my world. Like, I kind of like made her an entrepreneur. Yeah. W- yeah. Were you in just the same way, or was she wired kind of entrepreneurially from the beginning? Because you guys jumped into business together like super early.
1: Yeah. Yeah uh no we she she's the opposite of me so just like you i think they um <clears throat> like they i think they trust us and they believe in they believe in us as people and so they're willing to jump in things that they normally wouldn't jump into ultimately in the beginning right mm-hmm. so so i think that um so she's wired more as she's probably wired more as a systems person and um security and ultimately i am kind of like a wild west but I think that's the beautiful blend, you know? And so mm-hmm. in the beginning it was more of like, uh, she stepped into my world. And I think that that's been most of the journey is like her in my world. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and learning how to navigate that. And so, uh and but also adding a tremendous amount of value.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like she's uh she's adopted or co-opted this entrepreneur identity or has does she did, like, does she describe herself as an entrepreneur because she's been in your journey or does she, is she kind of separated from that?
1: I don't think she identifies as that because, um, I think that's, it's more sacred than that. Right. So like the title that's thrown around a lot, has a lot of meanings to a lot of different people. And so it can be devalued. So the word entrepreneur is almost, a doesn't justify or doesn't really truly explain uh, the journey for someone in the realm of building businesses, leading people, you know, vision, having vision and executing that vision, that creating space, Mm -hmm. like that's a loose title. That's easy to throw on. If you like sell Mac and cheese or something, you know, Mm -hmm. or like lemonade, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't. So, so from a title perspective, the answer is no, I think because of that, what I would say that, um, is that we have been, um, I think that she would agree with me that uh, our entire lives and household run in that vein, you know, like mm-hmm. we just live there. Like we have that, that perspective. So our kids, it's, it's like, um, when everyone's like, Hey, do you, you going to college? My son was like, Hey, I, I'm not going to college. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he's not going to college, it's that like that's that's an option if it if it's if it's in pursuit of something that's bigger, right? Like he can apply himself or needs that for the next skill set level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we live in a different world. And so I think we operate in that world where it's like access you know, are to learn a skill is free. Uh, and with AI and stuff, it's incredible. So I mean, we could do anything going and so ultimately I think uh we live in that it's one of those things that's like really hard to color in the lines on what that means. So it's a fluid title. And so I think that she does, but she does sit in that. And I think that we identify as that and we identify other couples that are kind of like-minded and I think we're attracted to that too. So,
0: yeah. Could you have, um, could probably put couples in a few different buckets that are married and at least one person owns their own business It's like, they're either both in it together. And they're making stuff happen. They work in their business. Um, or you have, you know, one that's hundred percent in one that's a hundred percent out. Like that guy's crazy. I'm like, I have no identity. Like I have no, nothing to relate to there. We're just opposites attract. And there's like this third bucket, which I feel like I sit in with Lauren, which is, and maybe it sounds like with Jess is like, I, I love this person. I'm like bought into their vision. If I need to to jump into it, I'll jump into it. And I have jumped in and I'm participating, but they're kind of, uh, they're not in either one of those. They're not completely opted out and you do your thing hubby. Um, and they're not a hundred percent side-by-side there with you. Um, I, so I don't know how to describe that third bucket where like Jess will jump in. Like if Jess needs to jump in, she'll jump in, right? She's there as an advisor. She can, she's probably told you like Marshall, don't, that's stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> in <A business>. lot. <laughs>
1: yeah, it <laughs> happens a lot.
0: Maybe it's the, um, maybe that third bucket's like the, uh, the advisor role. They're like an entrepreneur advisor. Yep.
1: yeah, Yep. Yep. A co-part, you know, it's kind of like, it reminds me, um, you know, if you think about like an engine in a car and there's so many pieces and we think about really mainly like fuel and we think about transmission but like uh you lose a water pump or something and it's a mission critical piece and you can't run i think mm-hmm. that they are they they are a mission critical component they become that for sure so uh it's they're more passionate about winning with um their partner mm-hmm. like that's the most important part versus winning the game that they're currently in if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah yeah right so like
0: well you you mentioned Jess as your secret weapon um, yeah. when, uh, when we sent you over some questions ahead of time. So what I'm hearing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you couldn't operate as an entrepreneur, the way that you do and successfully without that secret weapon, even though she's not running the business with you, it's a critical yeah. component to make an engine run.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's the same with you too. Cause here's the thing when, when you have, when you build something And you're in a position of, I don't know if you want to call it power or leadership or influence or whatever. People just won't tell you your baby's ugly Mm
0: -hmm. ever.
1: (laughs) And so we're just fed positive things, right? Like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that a good idea? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good idea. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to have a force. It's like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Like (laughs) you have to have an objective force or, I mean, look at the people. I, I feel like your ego just runs away. Like if you don't have an objective force in your life and you're building something and you're successful in building things, you, you lose it if you don't have someone who's, someone in your life who's willing to speak truth. It's like, no, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. don't, that's dumb.
0: Well, um, okay, we like to... I, I think that's a trap, man. I want to dig in on that. I think that's a trap is that if you are married and you do not have a, sp- and you're running a business and you do not have a spouse that is willing to tell you the cold, hard truth, like if your spouse is not stepping up when you're asking for feedback, if everything they say is you're the smartest guy ever, gal ever, and go out and get it, and that's a great idea, I think that's a potential trap, right? Like I need it. I'm like, tell me my idea is stupid because nobody else will. Like I need that.
1: Yeah, there's actually two sides of that. So there's one is like being them, someone who, someone in your life who is willing to speak truth into what you're doing, like no matter what, what it, what it's, what it is. Two is you have to be you have to be willing to accept it. Hmm. Like that's a downfall of many. Uh, and that's an ego push. Like hmm. it's very easy to be like, dude, who's telling, you know, like I know or they don't know enough or whatever. So the, those two, if those two are working right, you can be successful in a lot of things. Like if you're willing to listen to advice and know, you know, and listen to input and then also, um, you know, willing to listen. So So you have a partner who's willing to to send it to you. To give it to you, and you're willing to listen. Um, I think that creates a, a real synergistic effect in marriage. Okay, mm-hmm. if any of those are off in marriage, there's going to be conflict. Like, mm-hmm. period. Um, yeah. and then the then then it creates a lot of other issues.
0: Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, you've given uh, feedback to people before in your life, and they didn't receive it well, and you don't want to give feedback anymore to that person. You're like, I, I've whether it's conscious or subconscious, you're like, I'm not going there again. That, that did it. So even one time not taking good uh, feedback in could end the feedback forever.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's true. I think the the things that are the most important to you you're going to continue to invest in, right? So like, it's like if it's some random person who doesn't listen to you or whatever, like, cool. Like, whatever. They're gone. I think the things that are the most important you're going to continue to try to figure out. And so... Like you mentioned, like uh, you and Lauren have been married for, I think you're close to us. Eight, so I think it's 16. 18 years. 18? Okay. Yeah. So we're 17 years, right? And I think that the dynamic, the the way that it gets healthier is that we're, all, we're continuing this process of uh, learning together and building things together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but listening and being open. And so like in the beginning, I want to say that I was as receptive as I am now. And that's not true. Like mm-hmm. I probably was like, oh, I know what I'm doing you know um but i think as a spouse when you're building something together that's bigger than you especially if you feel like you know you're operating in your legacy out in the world like your job is and you're wired to build things Mm -hmm. um that co part is so so important Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah well hey so i got a piece of feedback recently from my wife and it's hard to accept feedback because my initial reaction, I think maybe it's just the way I'm wired because I've always hated authority. I'm like, why would you say that? What do you mean it's stupid? What do you mean I'm stupid? Like, you know. But then you process it and you go, dang, I think there is some truth there. So I got a piece of feedback the last couple of weeks where I had this new idea, you know, in uh, in the gents' place business, and we basically settled in. Like, I won't give you the, the full story, but we settled in on Ben you like to create things and that's your passion and that's where you, you get filled up. But when you create something and you don't like water it and you don't refine it and you don't make it better and you don't go deep into it, you end up just, you create too many things that aren't getting the attention that they need. And so it kind of probably goes back to EOS where you have the visionary and the integrator, um, But for me, it was a light bulb moment. And this is, again, to my point of being a creator. I said, oh, well, that's like you have a creator and you have like an optimizer. And I said, oh, well, that's kind of similar to EOS and Visionary and Integrator. And then, no kidding, man. You know what my next thought was after I had that thought? It was maybe there's a better version of EOS I could create <laughs> 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 I'm like, yep, creator yep. optimizers better than visionary integrate. And I go, Oh my gosh, this is what she's talking about.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: So I've had to, I've had to kind of process that and say, okay, maybe, maybe I should create less. Maybe I should go deeper in certain areas. So that was a moment of truth for me recently. Have you had anything that you can remember where Jess gave you this, uh, Moment of truth, or maybe initially you didn't agree with it, but she ended up being right. Anything come to mind? There's
1: many, many, many. Um, that's one too. Being a visionary, it's difficult. The one literally today we're talking about was has to do with like, um, when you have people, okay, so you have a you are really comfortable with the way you operate and because you're an entrepreneur and because you're a business owner, right. Or have things, you can move differently than an employee can. For example, right. like you see the organization top down, you see every nut and bolt in the organization. Like, you know, this over here goes to that over there. Like that's right. all in your brain. And so, but when you have people in your organization, they don't see that perspective. Right. So like when, when, so, it ha- so the, what we're talking about was actually delegating with patience because, um, the you're gonna you're ultimately going to be able to operate at a different level than the people. That's why they work for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why you're at the top. Like you, you've done this. So it's it's setting. So we today we're talking about, and I was mentioning to her that like one of the things I need I feel like I need to work on is my expectations when I delegate things because it's not the quality that suffers, it's that the path. So like if I would have done it a different way or done it faster or or you know jumped from A to Z da 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 da. da Mm -hmm. Um, When I bring, when I delegate to other people, they're not going to follow that because they don't have that perspective and they don't have the understanding and they don't have that depth of knowledge. Like I just have. Right. And then, and then there's also an ego part. So her, her kind of feedback, I mean, into that was like, yeah, like that's like, and so she had a really good insight into like, really like how I, she like understanding both sides of it. Right. Like they're trying to do the best they can given the instruction that they have. And so if, in the you know, if you are pressing, hey, we need X, Y, Z done. That's going to color how they operate, right? So um, there's just there's this, and then the coolest thing she'll do too is she'll send me quotes all the time during the day that I relate to our conversation. So um, really, that one was about delegation. Like like, how do I? Because you can't do it all alone. Like you just can't. Like I think that's the the false thought that hey, I'm a one man band and I did this and I can do the whole thing and when you build an organization and you have a lot of double the people that I have, Mm -hmm. you, you, you want to think you can, your ego wants you to think you can, Mm -hmm. but it's, you're operating through other people. And so that was the dialogue today was just that like um, there's work to be done there and that uh, I need to see it from both sides of the perspective. And also ultimately do we get what we need done? And does the path really matter? Or is that my ego saying I would do it this way?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that was a conversation day. So we have those a lot. I mean, and it's and it's a good thing, but um, that's kind of that refining. Like you want a, a partner in this. I, I, ideally, if you're a creator and you're a builder, and that's your ethos as a family in a unit. Because again, some people aren't. Some people are like, I go do my thing. My wife does her thing with the kids. Done. Like that's mm-hmm. cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're in this kind of ethos, is like this is our identity as a family. Is we're builders and creators and world changers and. We're doing these things in, in and we're, we're involved whether together or like as, you know, like an advisor, like whatever. Um, you – a good partner will always be leveling you up, right, mm-hmm. uh, or speaking up to you in that way, right, like like challenging you and growing you and, and vice versa. So um, just like with your wife too, it's like she'll push those buttons. Like she knows she's – like that's the only person who can. And If you don't have that, that's where you can get in a lot of trouble and that's where I see most guys – really run off the rails because they get, it starts building their ego and like, I'm the only one, I can do this and mm-hmm. it's me. And, you know, there's no one checking that like, Hey, I wouldn't do that. or I wouldn't do that. And, you know, then you see a train wreck. That's what yeah. happens.
0: You know, you, you brought up something I think is really important too, in having an identity as a couple or as a family and having values as a family unit Like this is who the Morrises are. This is who the Davises are. This is what we believe in as a family. And even um, whether you have like a, you know, an anthem or a motto or something. um, The one for us is we take winning shots. We take winning shots. And like, that's so meaningful to me that when the game is on the line, like I want my family, each one of my family members To be able to step up and not be afraid to take the winning shot, and I play basketball a lot, and it's really interesting to see this dynamic on a team. When you know there's one shot, there's a few seconds left, and on a team is it's so even at the professional level, people turn their heads to like one player typically, like that's our guy. He's going to take the winning. It's going to be LeBron James. Going to be Michael Jordan. And I've like always want, I've always been that guy, wanted to be that guy. And even when I was uncomfortable being that person is I've convinced myself one person has got to step up and like make it happen. And so I kind of set the tone for my family several years ago that we're the Davis family. We take winning shots. Like if someone's going to do it, it's going to be us. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to look around the room because if everyone on the team's looking around the room for the the guy or the guy to take the winning shot, they're all looking at each other going, well, who's going to do it? It's not, it's, you know, it's not me. Um, as a, as a couple, um, or as a family, like, do you have a motto or an identity or certain values, um, that you guys really own that kind of guide you? Is it that creator, you know, builder, is it something else?
1: That's a great question. I love yours, by the way. I remember the quote from Michael Jordan. It was like, The dude was like, hey, who's into the game? You know, buzzer, who's making the shot? He was like, me. Me. Yeah, (laughs) I'm doing that. I love that clip. Um, Ours, when the kids are growing up and we try to reinforce now, really is like never give up. Because it's like what I've seen going into 40 years of all of this, right? And just like Mm -hmm. what I've seen from people who make it. And I've um, been on stages with people who are the biggest thing you can imagine like we work all these, I mean, these mm. dudes. And I look back now, like I'm the only one still alive. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you just can't give up. And so I think that that's really one vat, the one value, we really did a lot of reinforcing as a kid, I think that's we try to reinforce now is just never give up, like, persistence play wins. And so whenever we have a chance to, um, like, f- it's all about finishing, finishing well, you know, mm. so uh, when we're doing homework or whatever, you know, I always try to say, let's, let's make sure we finish this well. Right. Like it's kind of that reinforcing uh daily limit. Cause I think ultimately that will drive you. Um, and, uh, and I think that we get that too. Now did I would ask you this question too. Did mm-hmm. your, did you have, did your family have some kind of mantra or, or is, have you guys really developed that?
0: Oh, like gr- growing up never. Yeah. Never. I feel like it was like a big gaping hole that was missing. Like we didn't have an identity. In fact, you know, you think about like the Kennedys or the Trumps or the Bidens or the whomever. Like there's all these famous families that you can tell they're like, we have an identity as a family. Like the the Jones family is about this. I never had that. There was never like the Davises do this or about this. And so I think I yearned for that, which is why like I Mm. early on with my family, I'm like, this is who we are.
1: Yeah. As a unit. Yeah. We had one too. As I was growing up. I thought it was fascinating. It's very similar. And it was, it was he was the word called gunnis, not guinness, gunnis. Okay. And it's this word, it means intestinal fortitude. So, like, it was, mm. it's like when you have to reach down deep and, like, Navy SEAL esque, you're do something, yeah. right? Like you talked about, like, make the final shot when you're sick or tired or yeah, burn yeah. out or don't feel like, like, that's the, the like that intent, like that reach down deep and like make this thing happen. Mm. Like that was the like that's where it, that's what you do. That's like that's how, that's your operation. You're you know when when it's that time. And so I think that is kind of the similar mantra is like just never give up, or it's like we just finish well. It's like we gotta, and a lot of that is in the moment of like, all right, like when we're doing stuff, say like my 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 oldest is starting to working work out. And so like I'll do mm. a routine and he'll totally smoke me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going Mm on? But I'll push harder and and be like, all right, we're doing round two, even though I'm Mm -hmm. completely dead because it's like, you know, it's just, we want to show them that we, you know, you always want to be, you always want to be, um, prepared to push yourself further, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I I do think that, um, that is a powerful tool and, and it's also a really big deal for you too. I mean, to be a, a generation changer in that legacy creates so much profound impact. Like you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll hear that from your kids and their kids in the future, which is incredible.
0: Yeah. That's what we committed to early on was, was breaking the cycle. And, you know, I think just being married and, and having a business too, um, it's having some agreements, you know, and there's books called the four agreements mm-hmm. and people kind of talk about some of mm-hmm. these things, but having these non-negotiables or agreements, like we're not going to cross these lines. This is a bunch of crazy stuff's going to happen, but we're always going to be able to come back, you know, to this place. Um, you you also mentioned something. I, I it kind of stopped me in my tracks on the on the Q and A before. Is you said your marriage is your most important relationship in business, and I cannot tell you how many times I have seen marriages fail because the typically in, in my case with these examples the husband is going out Mm -hmm. and he put all of this, he hired consultants in his business. They have a perfect vision statement. They have values. They live out the values all the time they do. And their most important relationship was with their boss or with their business partner, with anybody else, but Mm -hmm. their spouse. And Mm -hmm. it never has turned out well, um, watching, watching that happen. And so I thought that was, um, that was very insightful, man. It's simple. But if you, if you walked up to any entrepreneur today and said, hey, what's your most important relationship in your business? I don't know if you asked a hundred entrepreneurs. I'm not sure if one of them would say their spouse. Well, you would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Cheek. Like, you don't I hear that points. very often though, man. That was, yeah. it, it yeah. really did. It stopped me in my tracks. And I thought yeah. I probably should test that out. I bet you certainly less than 50% would say that. I think.
1: And I think that, and that's a perspective thing. I, you know, like there's been times where like, I mean, I've come home like crying because of just this, something really big, overwhelming, insurmountable feeling, right? Like I literally had nothing left. And like the only, and then really the person I go right to is with with her is like, I gotta, I need help. And I think that in times of surplus or in times where we feel like we're in control or things are working, uh, is the time where we tend to, uh, uninvest in that, you know, we like to fill ourselves with the things that make us feel good, look good, those things. But, um, but ultimately it's like, who's the person that's going to be there when it all falls apart and Mm -hmm. like in the middle of it and impacted by every single piece that you're in. It's Mm -hmm. like, I mean that's – and so if you have a strong relationship there, you can weather anything. And then that obviously helps you create the baseline you need mentally, emotionally, uh, and physically to go out and attack the world, right? Like if it's chaos at home, then you're going to have chaos come out at work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that is – and so we've all seen it too. Like I've we've, you know, we have friends who have seen it it's, mm. um, where it's just like people, they lose it. They, they lose that perspective in – and then they disregard that, and it, it, they all. It always ends up in a train wreck, and it, they always end up wishing that they that they had not uh, f- like forsaken that relationship. Like, yeah. there's not one person who's like, "I'm really glad I did that." So true. <laughs> like, not know, one.
0: We we were at an event yesterday serving uh, the veterans. We do an annual suit mm-hmm. drive, and mm-hmm. um, we were coming back. We we uh, had dinner with some of our team members that volunteered with us, and one of our team members in our Kansas City location she wants to write a book on marriage based on all the questions that she asks our guests, like on their mm. advice and feedback. And so she's like, you know, guys are in one of a few different buckets. You know, they've been married the whole time, never divorced, they've been married and they're on their second marriage and that worked out or they've been married like many times and none of it's worked out. She has like a different set of questions for each one. And I asked her about patterns with some of these guys that have had some um, failed marriages, but the, but the second one worked out. And she said the the pattern that she's seen most often that she hears from these guys, he's, they said, "If I had treated my first wife like I treat my second wife, I would have never gotten divorced." Huh. And I was like, "Man, you know, I I don't want to be in that position. I know a lot of like probably listeners are. I mean, sixty percent of marriages end in divorce. Um, but there's a there's a sense of regret." kind of built into that. Yeah. Also yep. gratitude, like, hey, I'm glad I figured it out. Um, but yeah, if we can give some people some perspective, if they're on the if they're still on that first marriage and they're running a business and it's <laughs> not going well, there is an opportunity to circle back and employ some of these things that we're talking about. You know, you know, I've been married to our spouse at 17, 18 years, and it hasn't been easy. And there've been those moments in time where is this going to work out? Am I going to need to go get the nine to five banker job that's what i always threatened lauren with what you want me to go work the nine to five at the bank just just let me know and i'll do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny
0: um so we've all had those moments in time where things happen. yeah um but yeah i, I that think ultimately
1: like and that is and you know what it's because like what's the point like let's just sum it all up like what's the point so is the point is your real, the point to build a business to make money well then what What's the Mm. point? Like to live life and where, how? Ultimately, if you, we lose sight of the fact that like, it's to build a legacy. We want people to be remembered when we're gone. We want people to be better off in our families and the people who care about, you know, and we want, part of that is and we know that statistics show that they care more about our time than they care about our money, period. Mm -hmm. Just bar none. So like if you work backwards, if you really think about it, you're like, okay, well, the most important stuff is the relationships, not the money. So, you know, am I, you know, am I building kind of a false God with just focusing on how much I can earn, how much I can make, how much I can build and leaving everyone else on the sidelines waiting for that paycheck Hmm. or that big sale? And, um, you know, or am I in some kind of like hustle mode where like my identity is like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm at work at seven and I'm there till 12 and, you know, like these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what for? Like ultimately, and the worst, the the saddest thing is when these things crash and burn, and the kids are involved. I mean, it's just mm. it's just devastating, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's just a lot of traps, right? I think that a, a spouse who is in tune with you and is a learner and a grower and wants to see you as a family unit, you know, and really ultimately for the unit of the your legacy and your kids and your if you don't have kids, your family and all of that, and they're really interested in. Uh, you being the best you can be and they're willing to speak truth into you, um, it can be like, it's not going to be, it doesn't make make it easier, it doesn't make it harder, but it makes it more fulfilling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, After this uh, short commercial break, because Marshall, you know how many millions of dollars it takes to run this show and we need big... (laughs) we need we yes. need big sponsors. I mean 7 8 figure sponsors we I mean makes this whole thing work. I mean this mic is expensive. Uh, I mean it got a little uh 10 dollar Amazon light here shining on my face. Um this is uh, a full production here. So after the commercial break, I want to talk about this idea of growth because Lauren shed some light yesterday at dinner um, talking to our grooming specialist. Cause she asked Lauren the same question. She asked the guests, like you guys have been married this long. What's the secret? I want to tell you what Lauren said. Okay. But you know, our sponsor Marshall, because, uh, you are a, uh, a happy loyal customer of the gent store at uh, the gent store. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. Do, do you remember what you purchased on there? I felt like it was some vitamins yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, it was like caffeine.
1: Caffeine gum was one of my purchases.
0: Oh, caffeine gum. Okay. All right. Yeah, but that's that's
1: because I have a Christmas list now for the wife, which is there's like cigar lighters. I mean, it is like the whole thing, man.
0: I thought you were a little perkier today than you normally are. Were you chewing the caffeine gum that you bought on the Gent store? <laughs> Pounding gum, doing? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing. Marshall just spit out a big wad of gum before he got on the show. I didn't want to embarrass him, but uh, but it was from the Gent store. So the Gent store just launched uh, recently. We've got over 3,000 items on there. They'll get to you very quickly. You had a great experience. I mean, you sent me, you're an e com guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, e-com. Had, a, you had a great fabulous. experience. Right? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Ordered it. Uh, everything went smooth. Got—I mean—they let me know it's shipping. Showed up my doorstep really fast. Uh, it was it was killer. Killer experience.
0: Okay, and that's coming from a um, many many figures of e ecom sales. Like this is yeah. uh, this guy has done millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he actually texted me and said this is a this is a great experience. So that means a lot to yep. me. Get your cat. Even know we sold caffeine gum, so thanks for letting me know. (laughs) Apparently, bought some. (laughs) Um, But you guys go to the Gent store, and if you use the code Untrapped, you actually get free shipping as well. Um, So, so thanks, Marshall, for being one of our first customers on there. Um, Okay, so here's the thing that that Lauren said yesterday when she was asked about the the secret sauce, secret weapon um, to uh, a long lasting marriage. She said that. Both people need to be growing at similar paces, but not necessarily mm-hmm. in the same parts of their life. So like one spouse could be growing in their business and their business acumen and mm-hmm. professional growth. And as long as the other person is growing, it could be in their spiritual growth. It could be in their philanthropy. It could be as a mother, but that mm-hmm. they, they need to be growing kind of like the growth curve needs to be similar there. And she had mentioned a couple of marriages that did not work out where the husband was out building a business and the wife was just quote, staying at home. Like she defined it as I'm pretty much doing nothing. I'm just kind of staying at home. So her identity wasn't as like, I am raising adults, successful adults, or I'm, I'm out running a business or anything else. It was kind of like you're growing and doing your thing and I'm kind of staying still. Um, any thoughts around that perspective?
1: Oh, it's so true. This is part of the dynamic, like when you, the, the beauty of like having a relationship where people are, are are growing, uh, is that you challenge and encourage each other to grow in different areas too. So like, um, but I think that, that you have to have that because what happens is you you really, you just like, just as, as the visual kind of demonstrates, you're actually, moving apart in different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And because things change, like your, your thoughts change, your processes change, what you do change, who you hang out with changes like these, all these things change. Right. So um, if you're not growing together and kind of finding redefining or reinventing your life together, as you grow uh, you do end up in different places because you can grow in different worlds right? And still be connected and still be in synergy and in sync. But when you grow, when one person's growing, the other one's not, it fractures the relationship. And so not that it's not recoverable or there's an issue, but there's definitely going to be tension. Like, and that tension is meant that it can be healthy where it's like, Hey, there's tension to, for me to level up. Like I need to up my game. Like I need to make sure I'm, you know what I mean? Like there's some, there's healthiness in in, in the kind of co-spouse, like, Hey, like I'm up in my game. It's like, your turn too, mm-hmm. Um, but, but ultimately it creates a lot of emotions and, and what we, and what the, the fracture opens up really is, um, a lot of things that we need to address, right? Like whether it be relationship stuff or personal issues or insecurities or things like that, but, um, that all comes out.
0: Yeah. no, I, I had the, I think the wrong perspective that she needed to grow alongside me in the business versus because like that was that's how I was growing versus like as long as you're doing your thing and you're getting better Mm -hmm. and I'm doing my thing and we're getting and I'm getting better Mm -hmm. then we both feel like we're fulfilled intrinsically Um, and we had a gap for some time where she was kind of like I'm gonna you do your thing I'm here to support you and that support role was was great we've talked about that like you need that support but it's like I'm here I'm gonna support you, but I also have my own life and my own goals and my own things that I want to achieve. And um that was missing for a little while with Lauren and and thankfully kind of she found that and we were able to um, you know, and, and she'll say that kind of catch up with me in terms of that growth. It's been cool to see her do, you know, a bunch of things yeah. that she never thought was possible. Um once she right. blossomed into who she uh who she was. Okay. Right. I, look, I, I don't have the uh I don't have the interviewing skills yet Marshall to try to work in chat GPT questions. So I'm just going to read one off to you. Okay. So I'm just okay. giving you a heads up. This is a robot question. All right. Okay. Not, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's not my fault. If you do like it, then, <laughs> a, um, then I'll, you know, I'll use more you were of, part it of it. Of it so. <laughs> okay. So it picked up on uh, this, uh, the law of allowing. Um, yeah. You mentioned this and it says Marshall, Can you share a moment when choosing the law of allowing in your marriage positively impacted a business decision? So first, what is the law of allowing? Like how is that incorporated into your your marriage?
1: Yeah. So and if you have teenagers, you're going to like this one too because you're doing it and you realize it. The law of allowing is this concept that we need to intentionally just allow things to be that don't have a material impact on our lives. Like so we may want to change something like it could be little like Hey, my son's hair is a mess. Like, I just, I got to tell him to fix it. Like, I got to, we got to, you know, we got to get him. Like, it can't look like that. The law of lying is being like, all right, well, that's like, like that, like him doing that and walking out like that or whatever on something little like that is really inconsequential in the big picture. It does not matter. And so you allow, you allow a lot of those little things to happen. Some people have have a harder time with this than others. Um, It's a control thing, right? So the other law of allowing is like when something happens that you can't undo it's more of accepting it and then moving forward into like allowing that to happen like it's going to happen it did happen Mm -hmm. right right there's nothing i can do but then moving into shifting gears into okay well like i'm just gonna like i'm not gonna focus my energy on that i'm allowing that to take place because it did and then now i'm gonna focus on the next thing which is you know whatever the next thing is right Mm -hmm. so it's this idea of like letting go of things it's really a, a control exercise ultimately and so um i think in marriage it you, it's kind of like this word "pick your battles" is like another phrase I've heard. It's like the law of lying in real time would be really figuring out what really matters and what, uh, and and what you what to really just let go, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times there's been times personally where like I'll just be hypersensitive to things and it's my, it's me. It's maybe it's because I'm feeling away. usually it comes from some kind of self um, revelation or identity or something like, like I'm finding issues with things that don't need to be issues. Right. So the law allowing is really just consciously saying like, can I just allow this to be what it is and without being involved in it or creating or generate pushing energy into like uh, saying something about it or, having conversation or creating, you know, conflict or whatever, like, I just allow it. Like, mm. like I'm just going to, and then what, what I found is that, um, the way it works the best. And what I found is, is that just by saying in your mind, you're actually able to kind of let it go. Like, mm. all right, I'm just, I'm allowing that. Like, I'm allowing that. Like I'm allowing that. Like, um, because you, if you, if everything is a big issue, then nothing is a big issue, right? Mm-hmm. If everything is important, then nothing's important. Yeah. So um, it kind of follows that philosophy.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay. I'm going to take ownership over this last question of the show, even though ChatGPT pretty much has the same question I have. All right. I'm going to read ChatGPTs, but Marshall, I want you to know, I was going to ask this anyway. All right. Okay. It says, what are some warning signs that indicate you might be prioritizing your business over your marriage? How do you recalibrate when you notice them? Let me add on to this though. What I want the listeners to to hear um and take in is red flag. Like this is a, a moment where I like something's wrong here. Um if you've had any of those, you know, times in, in your marriage, then great, or just um feedback you can give others is like some people might be listening going, I think everything's okay. Like I've been married 15 years, I own my business, like I think I think it's okay. But any warning signs, red flags where you go, Hey, if this is happening, this, this may not be okay. Maybe the beginning of, you know, something bad happening, or you, you could be in a really challenging spot and not even know it.
1: Oh, so, so I thought you were going to answer that one.
0: No, I mean, I have, I have some ideas, but has anything come up like in your marriage or, or red flags of like, guys, if this is happening right now, you, you probably need to take a step back and work on some things.
1: Um you know this morning I'm going to write a book called the problem is you. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> name of the book. The pro- my wife is like told her that this morning and she was like oh there's probably a million out there like that. Uh-huh. The problem is you really. That'll be mine. The problem is you really. So mm-hmm. um I actually think that whenever we think we're 100% fine <laughs> there's actually more work to do. <laughs> um so for me I think when I, I I so if we're talking about kind of like things to note um uh, like, I think I'm in the season where uh, for a long time I haven't felt my feelings. Okay. Mm-hmm. And meaning that, like, it's very easy for me to go to business mode and just go, all right, like next, bing, 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 bing. You mm-hmm. know, you've used the word general mode, right? Just shoot. Yeah. Um, but the, I know that the, to level up, I've got to be able to, the feeling, your feelings are there for a reason. A lot of times they're signals. And so, where I'm going with this specifically, this question is. That um, if you listen to your feelings and you feel frustration over things or anger or fear or whatever, um, those are the flags to then go deeper into because there's something happening. Because mm-hmm. we we're, emotions are a response to something else and a lot of times we just gloss over it, right? But it could be – a lot of times I felt – and lately, especially when I'm unpacking these, there's such deeper things, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so fear might be like, Hey, I'm allowing someone to set the tone or I'm inviting their kind of their mindset into mine. Um, and when it doesn't belong, like I'm giving it voice when it, I'm giving it rent, you know, free mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. when it shouldn't have rent free space. Um, and then, then you can create a thought process or trigger to, to deal with that. And all of a sudden you're doing better. So I think big picture is like, I think the, your emotions are signals and so the more disconnected we become with um, anyone in our lives, especially our spouse, in, in any in any area, uh, the more um, potential we have for problems, right? So, um, and as a dude or a man, it is the hardest thing to be like, "Oh, let me let me just feel everything right now. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I would love, mm-hmm. like let me just sit in feelings. It doesn't feel like culturally, it feels like there's conflict in that, but yeah. there's actually growth and maturity and um, legacy in sitting in that. So, um, like, I hope I answered your question on that. Yeah. One, yeah. But. No,
0: that's great, man. I'm a. am um, going to just add on to that. Um, is I, I feel like as an entrepreneur, we have to be masters of our emotional state and, um, people are relying on us. Like my old boss told me like your job as a leader is to absorb the stress of everybody else. I'm like, man, that's a really big burden to take on, to absorb everybody else's stresses. So, um, I'm going to plus one on that because I feel like if I am not able to maintain my emotional state, if things are triggering me where I'm, I'm caught up in frustration or I'm spending too much time in a disempowering place, that is a time for me to step back and go, things are not right here. So if you're, you know if that's where you are in business if that's where you are in your relationship if you're just finding it difficult to maintain your emotional state even if you're making millions of dollars like you need to take a step back and go something's not working here if i cannot control how i i feel and like i tell my sons it's okay for you to to go wh- wherever depression frustrated anger it's not okay to stay there and so if you like find yourself staying down there um then that's yep. a cer- certainly a challenge totally agree with you
1: yeah and that goes into mental health a lot, a lot of times so it's the emotion and mental component And we talk a lot about mental health and culture now mm-hmm. um i think it's ultimately a reflection of this not really understanding our emotions and how to deal with emotions um and being too susceptible to catch thoughts that mm-hmm. influence those emotions that we shouldn't even be involved in
0: yeah yeah so, so true man well, look, uh, my producer is going to kill me because he hates when I go over like, you know, 40, 45 minutes and we're at 46 minutes and 56 okay. seconds. So like he's
1: gin store, gin store, gin store. That's right. The gin
0: store, Marshall Morris, marriage and work. Thanks man for joining me on, uh, on season two. It's a lot of fun. It, Pleasure, you've done man. such a good job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, throw in your hat for, uh, throw in the hat for season three. Hey, I'll do
1: three, four. I'll do the next episode. What if whatever you need, man. You got it.
0: I know people, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. See you.